Hello and welcome to the Cafe Hustle podcast with me, Andy Jones. Today, I'm talking to Nick Bollinger on the Cafe Hustle, who is from Junction Coffee. And we're really getting into how they managed to source a double-decker bus from the UK. And that is how they started their business in the back of a double-decker bus. And it's really unique because obviously they're not overly common in the States, certainly very common in the UK, but... This was basically a mobile coffee shop. It wasn't just like a, a mobile trailer is. This is basically had the seat still in it so all the customers could use that. So in this part of the episode, we split this into two episodes again. We're going to talk about their mission, how they got started and the, and the circumstances around grabbing hold of a, a, a massive double-decker bus and what inspired that and also getting into how they manage the community element because obviously if they're moving around it's a little bit more difficult than if you've got a brick and mortar but we're going to get back into this episode as soon as we have thanked our sponsors anyone who has tried to create a paper-based systems document for their cafe or coffee shop knows the pain of trying to get everything in order and keep it updated and share it with the team all at once train your sorts this problem out with it's really easy to use interface online-based construction of your documents, and it's really easy to share with your team. Head over to thecafehustle.com forward slash trainual for 10% off your first 12 months and a seven-day free trial. Nick of Junction Coffee, Oklahoma, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, I am so good. Thank you so much for coming on. I know we've tried over the last, I don't know how many weeks (laughs) it is now, actually, to make this happen between one thing and another, staffing issues, allergies power cuts you name it oh, it's been a mess it's like, it's like the things have been conspiring against us getting this but i'm so glad to eventually get you on and again and i know thank you before but you've come out to a shared space to record this podcast this morning so i really appreciate it yeah absolutely it's my pleasure thanks for thanks for being patient with me and not giving up <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh, i know what it's like you know these when we're running businesses and and like you're a mobile business as well as a brick and mortar now which we know we'll find out it's there's a lot of a lot of responsibility on us as owners to keep the businesses going so i yeah i completely understand yeah i mean it's 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 tricky for sure oh that's all that's all i was gonna say yeah i agree (laughs) so i always start our podcast episodes i want to know a bit more about you and what drives you what's your purpose what keeps you doing what you do um, it's funny you, you say that I was talking with, um, uh, another shop owner locally here and, um, we were both talking about you know, some changes that we were working on and, and, uh, we, the subject came up of, of pivoting or, or pushing forward or driving through and, and we're at about the eight year mark with our company. And, um, I was talking with him and I was like, it just sort of feels like, I've kind of forgotten why I'm doing all of this. And uh, he's like, have you ever heard the seven year itch? And I was like, oh yeah, I never thought I would apply it to a business. But so I'm in, it's funny that you ask that I'm in this sort of phase of, of rediscovering why we're doing all of this. I mean, as you mentioned, we, we started with the bus and now we've got a brick and mortar and we're, you know, doing all of this and I've got a young family and small kids and, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot. And, but I, I keep coming back to this idea of creating uh, safe places for people, uh, creating a hospitable environment 
Um, when we started Junction, you know, eight, nine years ago, we, um, we really were hooked on this idea of, of creating a space where everybody knows your name, where everybody feels welcome and building relationships that are actually significant uh, with people through the means of coffee. And so we, we love coffee. We've learned a lot about coffee. I've fallen more in love with coffee over the years, but we started, uh, distributing coffee because we wanted to get to know people and we wanted to be a part of people's lives and be a point of contact whereby people say, Hey, when I go to junction, like somebody cares about me. And even if, you know, whatever's going on in their lives, whatever's going on in their day, I know that somebody, somebody cares about me there and I'm treated well and I'm treated with respect and I'm treated with love and kindness. Um, and so I keep coming back to it over and over again as I'm resorting this out that uh, that's why we're doing it, to continue to create environments where people feel significant. I know we talk about it a lot on the podcast because it's a massive part of when I talk to people, it's, we've got to be thinking about our mission. It focuses not only us, but it focuses our staff and the people that interact with our business. They they get an idea of what we're about. But you're right, you have to keep revisiting that because over time, if you don't, you forget why you're doing it in the first place. And we certainly aren't doing it for money, which is something that has also come up in, in the past because it's never going to make you super mega rich multi-millionaires but there's a lot more behind what we do as delivering coffee and that's what really fuels the motivation to keep keep serving our customers and keep building that community yeah and it's been a it's been a fun exercise so every summer um we so you know we 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 can get into this now i guess we renovated a double-decker bus and that's how we got our start um and uh you know you're you're in the UK. And so a double decker bus is fairly common. Uh, yeah. most things don't have air conditioning, uh, double decker buses included. And in Oklahoma, <laughs> you know, it's really stinking hot, um, during the summer. And so I think we had, uh, we were hitting 115 Fahrenheit, uh, just a couple of weeks ago and, wow. uh, it's just undoable. Uh, and so we closed the bus down during our summer months and uh with the shop so i've always kind of bounced between i mean you talk about not being super super rich i always kind of get a summer job when we shut it down and so uh for the past few years i've gone to work with my dad in colorado and doing construction and stuff but this year because our we opened up a new shop uh we stayed in oklahoma and i was working some odd and end jobs for a couple other people but taking a lot of time to really reflect and get into remembering why we're doing what we're doing and then dreaming and hoping for the future. So, uh, it's been a really good exercise. Like you said, to come back to why are we doing what we're doing? What is significant about this? And is it worth continuing to do for us and for our family? So. And I know you've, you've touched on obviously the double decker bus and now the brick and mortar, but before you even got to that stage, what was your journey up to the point of then actually acquiring a bus that you're going to then turn into a mobile, basically it's a mobile coffee shop, isn't it? It's not just a, yeah. a trailer, like a trailer mobile coffee because right. you've got the seats in there that people can still use. But what was yeah. your journey before you got to that point? Oh man, uh, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> um, so what, what work did you do before 
I was a I was a youth pastor. Um, and so I went to I went to school to uh, university to study theology and graduated with a theology ministry degree and um, got married shortly thereafter. And we uh, started youth pastoring and and really the obviously being in ministry, uh, working for a church, the motivation or, or the significance is to care well for people. And um, one of the things that I noticed while we were working in the in the church, um, at least, you know, in our context, and I don't know where globally your listeners are, but we, um, one of the dilemmas that the, the United States has, has been having with um, our uh, Protestant uh, churches has been, there's, there's a growing gap between the people that are attending the church and the people that aren't attending the church. And, um, one of the, the burdens that I began to feel towards the end of our time there was this realization of, you know, the, the, the fun, some of the fundamental principles of our faith is that everybody has value. Everybody is loved. Everybody is deserving of, of grace or, or everybody is given grace. Um, and all of that is, and that's equally. And so I began to realize this, this dichotomy between the people that were already a part of the congregation were receiving that, but we were spending so much time and focus and energy on the, the people in the congregation that there was not a lot of effort being made to, to make those that to, to bring that love and that value, uh, and that care to people outside the congregation. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of complexities to all of that, but the main motivation was, you know, how do we get outside of where we are? How do we get outside of our own context, begin to integrate well with people that, um, are just going about their daily lives. And instead of trying to convince people, Hey, come to, come to this place at this designated time for this predetermined amount of moment and have this, you know, pre-scheduled experience in order to feel valued and loved instead of taking that approach, say like, well, how about we just create contact points throughout everybody's daily lives that remind them that they are valued and loved. Um, and we started talking through ways of doing that and, and we sort of landed on uh, coffee. And I think probably almost more than more than most beverages, coffee is a very common thread in, in most people's lives and coffee shops are a very common thread in a lot of people's lives. And so we thought, well, man, if we could be, if we could be one of the first people that somebody interacts with during the day and that first interaction outside your home is with somebody that knows your name, knows your story, cares about you, is wishing you well, um, and recognizes, hey, you look like you're having a rough morning. How is how are things? And checking in, if that can be your first interaction of the day, or if that can be your lunchtime interaction when the day just totally sucks, um, how big of an impact can that actually make? Um, and so, uh, so we set about. I mean, we didn't. My wife and I drank coffee. I think at the time we were you know, we had discovered like local roasted beans and we're making French presses with it. I mean, we were like two steps above Starbucks at the time. Um, and 
no specialty coffee experience, no barista experience, but we were just like, Hey, let's, let's do this thing. And, um, we, (laughs) so we just started asking questions and, and poking around and accidentally came across a, a, a Larmazoko GB5 that was like used and for sale. And we were like, hey, let's do that. And the place that we were living at the time had a wet bar. So we installed it in the wet bar. We had this like three group GB5, like, you know, $12,000 espresso machine installed in the wet bar in our like little duplex and uh, practiced making each other. We were like, well, I guess we should get in contact with the roaster now. So we like reached out to a roaster and was like, Hey, can you teach us how to do the things? And he was kind of like, kind of, it's not that easy, but kind of. And, uh, so, I mean, it was, it was a blast. We like had coffee tasting parties and we would make really terrible espresso for people and they would lie to us and tell us it was good. So it was a good time. Yeah. And then, so does that sort of the, the inspiration for, for obviously getting out there into the community was was it your faith that really was part of that yeah it was i mean it was it was a big part of it still a big part of it i think yeah. you know when the fundamental principle is like man let's see let me organize kind of what i'm saying When the fundamental principle is, hey, no matter what happens to you, no matter what's going on in the world, like you are important, you are valuable, and you are loved deeply. Um, when that's the fundamental principle motivating everything, and if that's the the foundational element of, I mean, that's the fund- foundational element of my faith, and that's what motivates me uh, in all of the decisions that I make on a daily basis. I mean. And when that's, yeah, faith is a really big part of what we do. Um, and you know, based on all the things that I've been saying, it's, it's foundational to why we started, how we operate our, our core values as a company, how we train our people. I mean, just the other day we were talking, we were, I was going through our manager with our cleaning chart. She's done a fantastic job of, organizing. I mean, she's a far better manager than I could ever imagine or hope to be. Um, and she has, you know, all of these different lists and, and, and cleaning charts and tasks and duties. And, um, but the conversation was, this is, this is really great. And, but can we try to find a way to prioritize this or organize it so that our people don't feel like this is what they have to be doing all the time? This is really important. But it's also really important that there is room to breathe, to have interactions with with our customers, that we're not just serving them coffee and letting them sit by themselves. And we have a really long bar in our shop and it's on purpose because we want people to sit there. We want to have a conversation. We want it to feel like, you know, at the end of a long day, you saunter up and you grab a latte and you sit down and and the person behind the bar is is chatting you up and, and hopefully chatting you up about real life things. Um, so, so yeah. And I think especially for the, over the past three years, there's been a lot going on in our world that would want to communicate the opposite of those foundational principles that would want to communicate like, Hey, 
nah, you're really not that important or nobody really cares about you all that much. Um, And so I think it's all the more significant that that we continue doing what we're doing. Yeah. I'm so passionate about the people side of what we do. It's not just for, to make our businesses better, but it's actually because we, and like you say, you can change people's lives just by that one little interaction, whether it's a customer or even your staff members. And that's where like really my motivation with the cafe hustle now is, is trying to instill in people that if you put people first, whether that's your customers or more importantly, your staff as well, because they deliver the experience for your customers, you can make a massive difference to their lives, their families' lives. We can touch so many people and it's not just hospitality. It's any walk of life, any area of your life that any industry or whether it's at home, by putting other people first, and obviously, yes, we've still got to look after ourselves, but that is where we can make the biggest impact on people. And as coffee shop businesses, that's what makes people come back again and again. Yeah, absolutely. So on that point now, we're talking about the community element that will lead us into this. You started off in a bus. You weren't stuck in one place. It wasn't static. How did you manage that community element how did you communicate with your community where you were going to be what times how did that work initially uh the logistics of it were really tricky and there was a a big learning curve i think um uh really starting out like instagram and facebook were really the only way we had a twitter for like a hot minute but i don't i'm 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 not a i'm not a twitter bird so i it just didn't work but um we Really and and really now still I think uh, Facebook and Instagram is one of the main ways that we communicate and it's this like really really big love hate relationship with it and I just like you know I think anybody that has relied on these platforms for the past you know five years uh, is is equally frustrated with everything that's going on and um, but I I have to keep reminding myself like hey we've spent next to no money on advertising for the duration of our, of our company. And, um, uh, it's, it's been really good. It's been really great. We, a couple of years back, one of the things we started doing is we started doing, um, a text message marketing. And so we would, we would, you know, we put it on our coffee sleeves, put it on the bus, put it on everything and allowed people to opt in to that list. And then once a week we would send out the whole bus, the whole week's bus schedule and say, Hey, here's, here's where we're going to be on these days. Um, and, uh, and it works really well for some people. I, you know, we've, I think with anything, text message marketing has be, sort of become like email marketing where it's like people see, Oh, you know, junction sex me. And then we run into them later and they're like, where are you guys? And they're, and I'm like, don't I tell you every week. Um, <laughs> But it's been, it's been a fun, uh, uh, human experiment, but yeah, uh, the community element through the bus has actually, so that it's interesting that you asked that because that's really been the, the pivotal, uh, motivation for moving to a brick and mortar. Um, because what we have found is there are enough variables between it during what the bus does, um, we try to set up at the same place, the same day of the week, at the same time. We try to do that as consistently as possible, but we're also contending with weather. We're contending with special events uh, and then, uh, you know, holidays and 
um, you know, during the summer months, it's really hot. So we shut down for a period of time and we come back out. And so those are all the variables within our own platform, much less all the variables within other people's lives. And one of the things we've, we've learned as I, as I think a lot of coffee shops have learned is, is the more automatic something can be, the more likely you are to have repetition. Um, and so, so we kind of figured like, well, it'd be really great if people knew where we were all the time. Yeah. It would be really great if, if we had a space that we could say, Hey, we're doing live music and it's at the same place we've always been. And it's at the same time it's always been, um, uh, if to try to build some of that consistency. And so we, cause we've tried doing different community events and, uh, the turnout has been okay. It hasn't been as great as what we had hoped it was, would be. Um, and I think part of that one is, is learning, how to do community events, how to do it in the downtown area. Um, uh, but also the reality of just like, man, we're, we're just kind of floating around and it's almost like we're a pop-up. I mean, we, we tried, we tried to be a mobile coffee shop, like you said, and we advertised ourselves as a mobile coffee shop. But I think as far as what the, how the community sees us, we're a pop-up coffee shop and i and what i mean by that is is the difference between it's like ooh the junction bus is here ooh yay coffee day and it's like well yes but we also have been here every thursday for the past 6 years and you work right down the street so <laughs> um uh so it it it's interesting it's fun it's learning so i'm going to leave part 1 of our episode with nick there and it's really great to chat to someone who's got such a unique selling proposition. And in this case, it's serving out the back of a double-decker bus. But in the second part of our episode, we get into some of the challenges as they've opened their brick and mortar. The challenges in terms of getting people to use the brick and mortar over the double-decker bus. Now, I know in the grand scheme of things, it's probably coming down to the unique experience. And I know we talk a lot about experience on the podcast, but this is the sort of thing, these nuances, whether it's not just about the service even and the people, it's sometimes about that whole experience. And in, in their case, in Junction Coffee, it's getting served from a double-decker bus and being able to sit inside of that bus and interact with the staff in that way rather than across a counter, maybe. You know, there's so much more in the second part of this this episode, especially we start to talk about uh, Nick's podcast, which is called Simple Syrup, which they started around the time of the pandemic. That was all about trying to bring some good to the people that they may not be able to have interacted with because of lockdowns, etc. So don't miss that episode. That's coming on Wednesday. Well, listen, as far as this episode is concerned, thank you very much for listening so far. I hope you join or catch up with the podcast on Wednesday for the second part. But uh, yeah, any questions, drop them over to me, Andy at thecafehustle.com. I'd love to connect with you on what it is you're maybe going through in terms of business, what plans you've got. I really want to find out where people are and, and what they're what they're trying to do with their businesses. So listen, thanks again. And I'll catch up with you on Wednesday.